Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Let's jump into the Word of God, Joshua chapter 24, and I'm going to read two verses. Uh, These are two verses that we've been using as a foundation for a series that we're doing right now in our church called Flip My House. And so uh, these two verses are foundational for us in this series. And so it reads like this. It says, Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. I mean, those serving Jesus is a choice. It's a decision that we have to make. And so he says, choose for yourself whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And he makes this declaration, Joshua, the guy who spoke forth these words. And I want us to declare them ourselves today. So read this with me. And it says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say that again. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And um, let's pray. Let's talk to him. God, thank you one more time for bringing us together in this place. And uh, God, I thank you, Lord, that as we gather in your name, you're here. And so because you're here, we can change. And uh, so, Lord, we pray that we'll just continue to decrease. You'll continue to increase in our life. And uh, just pray that the Holy Spirit today just narrowcasts and brings into our specific hearts and lives and situation what I broadcast forth today through these words. And I pray, God, it'll become real to us. You'll challenge us, change us. And, Lord, use it today, God, to bring life and hope in the marriages and the homes and the families and the individuals, Lord. And we ask that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 As I said, we're doing a series called Flip My House. And um, this is a, uh, it's a series on uh, exactly what those words say. We're flipping our homes. We're trying to get our household to look more like Christ and be uh, committed families for, for the kingdom and, uh, and, and, and what that looks like. So this has been so far, believe it or not, this is a, we're on the ninth week. This has been a process. And uh, how many knows you just can't just go in and just spray a room with paint one time and say, okay, the house is flipped and think you're going to get a big, big event. This is a process. And so uh, this, this journey has been a process that we've been going through together. It's been exciting. And so all the messages are online. I encourage you to go on and get this in your heart if you miss one of those for some reason, and um, encourage others to do the same. And uh, uh, but we have been going through this process, and we looked at it for about eight weeks now, kind of what we can do, how our life can change to make our home a better place for the kingdom. And uh, and as we do that, this is what happens for us: we make an investment. We make an investment. We do some things different, and the return is always greater than what we ever invest when it's kingdom work and when God's in it. And so that's what we want to continue to do today. And last week, we began to get into some stuff. And I told you day one, we're going to just deal with issues. We're just going to call it what it is. Just don't come in. We're not going to have no mask on. We're going to let all that off. Just be real, transparent, and just get to the issues. It's going to change our homes. And uh, one of those issues is our marriages. And so we started last week um, uh, talking about this issue and the subject of marriage. 
Uh, if you were not here, we just made sure and made it very clear that there's no condemnation in this house for anyone who's had um, a, a failed marriage or a marriage that has not worked and, uh, and they're struggling in that. Uh, there's no condemnation if you get in Christ Jesus. And so we encourage those to come into Christ and, and let him bring healing. And that's what we've seen God do. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so it's exciting. And so today, uh, if this is your first time, as we talk about this subject, know that we're not up here saying, oh, we've got everything right, you're all wrong. And uh, no, this is us looking at the Word of God together and trying to change. Amen? So, and trying to do some things different. So, last week we gave you three principles. I tried to stick around that, that, that line just for time, but I uh, gave you three things that marriage is. And the first thing I said was this, that marriage is a blessing. Marriage is a blessing, and so uh, I know sometimes it may feel like a curse, and, uh, and you've, you've been cursed by that, but no, it, it, is, it is a blessing, and God set that up, and so you need to see that marriage as that and see your, your spouse as a gift from God. See their, your spouse as a gift from God, so you treat them in such manner, and you, and you see that as, as what it should be, and, uh, and don't let the enemy deceive you and try to get you to constantly think that uh, this thing is a curse. See it for what it's, it's supposed to be, and that's a blessing. Um, the second thing I gave you last, last week was this, and marriage is a reminder. Marriage is a reminder. It's a reminder uh, to Satan of God, all right? This is a picture of of, of Christ and the church. Marriage is a reminder. And so this is why Satan hates with every fiber within him you and your marriage because when he looks at it and he sees two become one, he sees that and it infuriates him and he drives with everything he has to steal it, kill it, and destroy it. But Jesus came to bring life. And so that's when we have to come and see this. And so I love doing this. I just want to just keep making him more and more mad. So I want to love my wife more and more. I want my marriage to look more and more like Jesus, more like Christ. And so, so it's a reminder to them. That's why he hates it so much. And the third thing was this. Marriage is a covenant. Marriage is a covenant. And we talked about the difference between a covenant and a contract. Remember, a, a covenant is where you surrender your rights and you assume some responsibility in this situation. Uh, a contract's the opposite. You know, if you've put a contract on a home, remember, you're going into that contract, trying to give as little as you can, getting as much as you can. And so uh, it's not how it works. You can't bring those principles into marriage. And so it is a covenant that, again, is, a, is an eternal, everlasting covenant. So I'm thankful for those things. And, and, and today, I'm going to jump into it, and I'm going to give you today, I'm, I'm getting ready to double it up. We'll mix it up. Six things. Somebody like, oh, my Lord Jesus, I, I want to go eat lunch today, Pastor. And uh, it, it will not be twice as long, but, uh, but I want to give you six things. So I encourage you, jot them down, take notes. And these are six destroyers of marriage. Six destroyers of marriage. And would you not be so frustrated if you've got a home and you take that home and you've been investing in it and you've been painting it and making it beautiful and, and putting up decorations and that thing looks so nice. How upset would you be if someone walks into your living room, takes a sledgehammer, and then tees off right on the, on the sheetrock and puts big holes on it and begins to destroy it? You would be so infuriated that that happened. And, and I know some of y'all. Y'all be pulling out. I mean, y'all, I know. I know some of y'all. Some of y'all, I know. Y'all some, yeah, I know. And so uh, you, I, I know what you do. It would infuriate you. But we do this with Satan. We let him come in and just begin to knock holes in our sheetrock. And we don't do anything about it. We do this. We pick up the sledgehammer ourselves sometimes. 
and we tee off. And so these are six destroyers of marriage and things that we want to recognize to make our, our house a better home. And so, um, so the first one is this. The first one is this, is not willing to change. Not willing to change. I got more reaction from the first service, so maybe, um, um, maybe they realize it, and y'all just taking it in. That's okay. Not willing to change. Um, if you think that you don't have any areas in your marriage that you can do some things a little bit different and grow in, I'm just going to say you're sadly mistaken. Sadly mistaken. I, I, I counsel a lot of folks, and I, I've been in counseling situations, and I've sat down with couples, and, and I, I, I'll sit there and across from that death, can I have people even t- tell me this? Uh, I'm, I'm a great husband. I don't know why you always mouth goes up when you say that. I'm a great, you know, but I'm, I'm, a, great, I'm a great wife. I'm a great spouse, but they need to do so-and-so. They need to do this. They need to do that. Uh, and here's the truth. They need to change because we all need to change because there's all some things that we could do different in our marriage. There's also some areas we could grow. So I don't want you to ever stop learning and, and ever never pull back from this process of seeing how you can become a better spouse or how you can make more of your marriage. Uh, be open in this subject. Be open to learning and, and have a teachable spirit. You're never going to come to this place where you arrive. And oh, I'm the greatest in the world now. And our marriage is the most beautiful thing and nothing can ever touch it. No, there's areas that you want to learn and you want to grow in. And, and the enemy will do this. He will slide in. We see him in the garden where he slid in as a serpent. He didn't come up in there in the garden and say, hello, I'm Satan. And I'm ready to take out the world and destroy this dominion that's been given to you and take out man. No, he didn't say that. He slid in there. And so this is an area when we say, well, there's nothing I can do any different. That that is a lie. There's some things we can grow in. And we have to do this. We have to say, I want to focus more on what I can do differently than what it is that they need to change. Because we do it. We've all been there. We spend our time, our efforts, our energies on trying to get that other person to change. And you will wear yourself out trying to live that kind of life. But if you would take that same effort, same energy, put it towards yourself, it would take a whole lot less and you would see a difference in your marriage. And so you have to do this. You say, what can I do different? And we never stop. I, I, was, um, I, was, I was talking about this earlier that uh, Angel and I have been married now 24 years and, uh, and, and almost in, in April. And so I get that right. Thank you. Man, you better know how long you've been married, Pastor. And, uh, but all of these years that we've been married, I look back and, and they're, both of us have had to change. I, I've probably had to change more than she has, but, but there's areas that we need to change. And so here's the truth. You're changing. So as a result of you changing, your marriage will change. And so you have to be willing to change with that and do some things and learn and grow and continue to do this and invest. And this is what will destroy your marriage. You being stubborn and stuck in your ways. Come on. You've been stubborn and stuck in your ways and said, I don't have anything that I need to do differently, but they need to do this and that. No, look at this thing. Say, say, I need to make some changes. And this is where that whole speck in the eye telephone thing, man, is huge. We can zero in. And the enemy is so good at this. He will just make their little issue that they may have, he'll make it look so big in our life. And the smallest of things that they do, the little things that happen, man, just get on your nerves so much, man. And it makes you so frustrated. My, my wife, uh, she, 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 gets, she gets 
very frustrated if I make mouth noises when I eat. I'm sitting there, man. This is good food, man. And when it's good food, you enjoy it. You just you you enjoy that. It's good stuff. But but the enemy will do this to even her. She'll make it just a little mouth noise, and it just it's almost like one of the movies that you see when a little noise is heard. But in her ears, it's going, <laughs> and it's just going on and on, and it's echoing like in the whole house, and she can't hear anything else but that. That's how the enemy works, and so we do this, and so and I've tried to do this. I've tried to be little more courteous when I eat and use better, better manners when I eat. She's trying to help her brother out. So, so look at the situation and see is it, what can I do different? Be willing to change. The second one is this, negative influences. Negative influences. Negative, negative influences are the, are the people and the things that come into our life and, and shed darkness instead of light. Negative influences are those people who say they're a friend, and they may be a friend, and that's maybe the only way they know how to be a friend. They don't know any better. But negative influences are the people that when you're in a situation or a struggle in your family or in your marriage or in your life, and you go to that person and you tell them, you know, my spouse is getting on my nerves, and this is happening, this is going down, and they say this, drop them, man. You don't need that anyway. Come on, let's go out, let's go to the club, let's go, let's go do our thing. I mean, come on, you don't need that. Uh, negative influence guys are the ones that say, man, you don't need her. Let's go to Platinum and let's go do this club and, and let's go make our rounds. Let's go tear it up. Let's go do, you know, that's a negative influence. You know, what a, you know what a positive influence in that situation is this? And we, we discuss and talk about building godly relationships in our, in our church all the time. That's one of our core values is relationships. You know what you need in that? You need this kind of influence. That when you go to your friend and you, and you spill, sometimes you've got to vent. It's got to vent. I've just got to vent, Pastor. I've got to let it out. And you vent and you let it out and that person looks at you and they say this. You need to change. Hold on, apparently you didn't understand what I just said. They've been doing this, and they've been doing that. that. You know what you need to do? You need to pray. That's a positive influence in our life. You're like, no, it is not. That's about the negative thing I hear. That's the negative thing you want. That's, that's not what you want to hear, but that's the thing that we need to hear. And so we do this. These are people that hold us accountable and bring positive things to light. And there's so many negative influences that surround us. And this media is constantly bombarding you and showing you and, and things that are coming into the home that are bringing negative light and bringing things into your situation. If you, if you have ho- uh, some of the channels in your home, if you sit in front of the television and all this happening across the screen, is adultery and fornication and sexual immorality and, and this is always how it's going on and, and if you don't see that that is a negative influence in your life that will get in your life and take roots and what that will do it will bear the wrong fruit in your situation so you have to pull back and say I'm going to remove the negative influences in my life scripture says it this way 1 Corinthians 15:33 says don't be deceived don't be deceived evil company corrupts Good habits. It corrupts it. Jenny Mayo, a, a, a minister from several years back, she said, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that's huge. And so you have to surround yourself with people and you have to get positive influences, people that will speak truth into your life. And, uh, and it's tough. It, it's, it's tough to hear those words. 
But it's what we need is someone who will speak truth into us, to remove the negative influences. It is a destroyer. It is a sledgehammer in your sheetrock. Number three is this, your words. Your words. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. You may know it. It says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. It is it's in the tongue. I shared this verse last week, and I want to show you where it, it falls into, into Scripture. It's, it's the very next verse says this, And he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And so you see these things partnered and work together. You see this thing happen. And so we do this. And, and I love it. It's a beautiful quote by Jimmy Evans. He's a great minister of marriage and has some great material. He makes a statement. He says, to take responsibility to build your spouse's self-esteem. Take the responsibility to build yourself, your spouse's self-esteem. Because here's the truth. If you don't do it, there'll be somebody come along that will. And then they'll come along and say, oh, you look nice today. And they're not hearing it at the house. And then it does this. It turns somebody's head and it turns them in the wrong direction. And then there's this course to set and it brings destruction and death. And so you have to be careful. So you be the one. If you're in a marriage relationship, you plan on that one day. Make this decision that I'm going to speak life. And, and we've heard this saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but fill in the blank. Words have never hurt me. That's a lie. That is a lie. It's a lie from the pit. Don't, don't, don't think that's the case. The book of James puts it this way. The book of James says that our tongue is like a rudder on this ship. And you take this big cruise line, this big vessel, and you can control that by one little rudder. And I'm telling you, the direction that you send it and the direction by the words that you speak will set the course for where your marriage ends up. And so you do this. You start speaking things differently, and, and, and you start making some different, different uh, words forth in your life. You start saying a different way, and, and you've seen it. You've, if you're married, you've experienced it. That morning when you wake up, and it was a bad night, and, and something happens, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, and then you get up, and then you release that in your spouse. Something happens, and, and, and whatever it is that takes place, they're the closest one to you. Nobody else is in the room, so they're the one you give it to. And it has set a course. And you watch it, and it, and it just will flow throughout the day. And then at the end of the night, when you come in there, and you like, you know, and, 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 and they're like, uh-uh. And you're going, hold on, what happened? You set the course. You set the course. You set it. But you know the opposite is just as true. You wake up in the morning. It don't matter if your breath stank or nothing. It don't matter. You're like... Maybe you look good. Sometimes you've got to call things it's not as though they are, Scripture says. And so, and so what, whatever it takes. But you set the course. And I'm telling you, you can see this happen in your life. You can do this, and I promise you this will happen. It will just create, and you'll find out you'll be on a destination island somewhere, enjoying the B Belize and Bahamas and Cozumel, and you out here enjoying all this stuff. And it was because you set the course or you'll end up in another place. Bermuda Triangle, man. So, well, how did this, how'd this, this ship hit the, the, the iceberg, man? What's that, that big iceberg thing called, teachers? Yeah, that one, Titanic thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it just ends up in the wrong place. So choose your words wisely. So say, and, and you do this. When you started the relationship, when you were dating, you didn't say on the first date, man, you get on my nerves. 
What was I thinking, man? I mean, you know, no, you, you, you're speaking life from the beginning. You say, man, you look pretty today. You know, you look nice. You look, you look, you look man, you're good. You know, you, you're saying things different, but what happens is along the way, we get comfortable and we get just settled with, our, with these people and then we just begin to pull back. So again, speak life. Speak life. I've, I've seen people do this and it's heartbreaking. There, there are people, and, and, and guys do this, they're, they're, they're sweeter and speak nicer to the receptionist at work than they do their spouse. It's wrong. It's wrong. I, 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 there's, there's, there's ladies in, 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 the, in, the, in the driver, UPS, FedEx driver, come in, you speak sweeter to them than your spouse. And, it, and here's the truth, that, that joker's messed up too. They messed up too. You just don't live with them and don't know it. And so here's what you do is you get in a situation and you begin to speak life and you speak hope into your spouse and you'll watch that bring forth and put you in a destination, man, that you'll be so thankful for in the end. So again, choose your words wisely. Number four is this. It's a destroyer of marriage. Control and manipulation. Control and manipulation. Uh, in the marriage, I hit this briefly, but, but you're equals. You're equals. You, you're supposed to be submitting and loving to one another. Uh, that, that's how that works. You, I know we've, we've studied Ephesians, and we know how that works, and it's true. Uh, wives submitted to husbands, but, lo- but husbands love your wives. Christ loved the church, but in this thing, you're equal. He said two became one. That's what he said. He didn't say they became two became two, but one was greater, and all that kind of that sounds like, uh, what's that stuff called? Court? Common core math, man. That's what I just sound like. That's what we try to do in marriage sometime, man. And, you know, it's like, no, it's two become one. But you're like, no, two become one, and then you got to add one, take back one, and then you got to add, re- then you go home and get your cousin's dog and, and count the toes on them, and then you pull back, and then you come up with an answer. Nah. It's simple math. Two, one. And that's what he wants us to do. We're equals in this thing. So it means we do this. We make decisions together. We make choices together. Uh, there, there has to be a leader in the home, and, and the husband, you are the head of the household. You're the head of the home. You're the leader of the home, but you do that in love, and that's how that works. Uh, Christ, he, he, God called me somehow to be a leader of this church, but you don't have to lead it in love, not do- domineering or trying to be controlling. You do it in love. Husbands, you do it in love, and you'll have a wife that will follow you. I'm telling you, do this, walk this out. In this the area of control, manipulation, and those things, they're just as heavy for male and female. It works both ways. I, I've seen people that, that, that the, the, the male get abusive, the female get abusive. You may have a male that will pull back and say, well, I'm too much of a gentleman. I just want to hit you back. But listen, if it happens on either side, it's wrong. Abuse, manipulation, control, any of these things are wrong. And you may have to do this. You may have to pull back from that. I'm not saying divorce. Matter of fact, I'm saying just the opposite. But get yourself out of an, any type of environment that is, that is, it is like that. Remove yourself from it. Again, I'm not saying divorce. I'm saying get counsel, get help. And we have some of the most beautiful testimonies in this church of people who have come through that. It is beautiful that, again, that's not the end, that God brings healing. And when Christ comes in, lives can change. So, again, it's not the end, but don't do this. And, ladies, it can be just as much. You can be just as much of manipulative as controlling. Scripture talks about that we know there's a Jezebel spirit. This Jezebel spirit was control and manipulation. It wasn't coming in with maybe this hard fist, but it was somehow working magic and trying to do its thing. Be very careful. Open yourself up and understand that you want to do this, that you want to have this life, live this life as a spouse, as an equal, and I love them. So you make these decisions together. You speak life. 
Number five thing is this, kind of goes with it. It's a destroyer of marriage and it's selfishness. Selfishness. The very first word you see in this word is the word self. It's where I'm the most important person. Listen, if you're in a, in a room with your spouse and it's just you and him or her and you're in this room and you view yourself as the most important person in the room, you're wrong. You see your spouse as the most important person. And again, we talked about order several weeks back. God first and then them. You put yourself before them. You live this life of selflessness, not selfishness. But no, man, I deserve I deserve. I deserve this, and I deserve that. I, I, it's all about me. I, I, I've seen people's life that kind of resemble somebody doing vocal warm-ups. Me, 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 me. I mean, it is me. It is me. It's me, and, it, and that's all it is. Listen, if you see your spouse as less than, and if you look at them, and you're saying you're the most important, promise you this, and end up in destruction. So you live this life. You live this life of selflessness. Uh, you you want to take on the form of what Christ took on for us. And that was a form of a servant. It was a form of a servant. He said, I, I didn't come to be served. I come to serve and give my life. And as we do that for our spouse and those that God puts in our life, watch the change that takes place. So again, remove the selfishness. Uh, uh, it means that's why he tells us stuff about crucify our flesh. That's why we have to do it, because it's a natural thing in the flesh. It's what the enemy tries to put in us. And so we pull back from those things. And the sixth one and the final one is this today. It's unforgiveness. It's unforgiveness. This is a, um, this is a destroyer of marriages. Uh, because here's the truth. Here's just the honest truth. If you're married, uh, you, you've dropped the ball on maybe one or more, or all five of these issues up to this one. You can look at your life and say, man, I've, I've dropped the ball. I've done this. I've messed this thing up. As we continue in marriage, as we continue to live out life, th- that will happen again. You'll, you'll make decisions and sometimes not do things always as you should. So listen, you have to come to this place to where you make the decision that I'm going to forgive. And here's the truth. Past hurts hurt. They just do. Past hurts hurt. And when someone's hurt you, that hurts. That's why they call it for a reason. It hurts, and, and, and it's difficult. But listen, you have to make the choice to forgive, and you have to make this decision that say, I'm going to release them of these things, and I'm going to forgive. And, uh, and, and the Scripture says that we're supposed to forgive as freely as he's forgiven us. And let me tell you about forgiveness. It is not a feeling. It is a decision. It's a decision. It is not some, oh, I feel like forgiving. Pastor said I should do it. And I feel like it. And it just, no. You're going to walk out there and be mad at me because I told you to do it. But that's okay. Make the decision to forgive. Make the choice to say, I'm going to make this. I'm going to forgive. Some of you, you may, need, you may need to do this. You may need to go stand in front of the mirror, look at it, and forgive yourself because you were the one. But forgive. Don't hold that. Don't say, because I've made this mistake, this will never be able to move forward. Forgive. Someone's forgiven you. Release them of it. That's the message of Jesus. Ephesians 4, 32 says this. He says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Think about that for a moment. Would you stand, please? Worship teams, as they come. Thank you, Father. Told you I'd get six things in you. I want you to do this. I want you to just bow your heads for a moment and just, uh, just close your eyes. Just close your eyes, if you would. I, I want us to get in just, for just a moment.
Let's, let's get in the David mode of, of thinking for just one moment. And when I say that, I mean this. David, David had made mistakes in his life, and he failed God, and, and he had failed his, his life and his family, and, and he'd made great, great mistakes. But he did this. He come to a place and recognized that, and, and he saw that there was a need to change. As the scripture said, that we know we need to change. And, and, and the Bible even calls him. He was a man after God's own heart. And this guy messed it up, man. He, he made great mistakes, grave mistakes. He was a man after God's own heart because he said this, I know I need to change some things. I need to do some things differently. And he recognized that, and he even prayed this. This is a tough prayer. I've done it a couple of times. It's tough. God, search my heart. Search my heart, oh God. Show me. Show me. And here's what he'll do. He'll show you. He'll show you. And he shows you so you can do this. Know that you need him. He shows you in, in, in the things that are there so you can say, man, I need to change, but I can't do this on my own. I promise you this. This is not a message for you to go out and try harder. This is a message for you to say, man, I need to surrender more and give my life over to him fully and completely. Recognize those areas that I need to change. 